You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. So Disney Plus is just killing it, right? I mean, ever since Disney Plus first came out, hit movie after hit movie after hit movie, and a movie that we're talking about today is something that never caught my attention for a long time. Talking about Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Yes, there's a reason why we're talking about it. Eric's going to help you explain to you. Eric's going to help me explain to everybody why you probably should see this movie if you're a fan of pop culture, right, Eric? Oh yeah, I didn't expect this movie to come out. It's one of those movies I didn't necessarily ask for. I didn't know that it was happening. I don't really have my finger to the pulse of the Disney beat. I don't really know what's coming out. It's more because I just assume that they're at a point where they're just redoing and updating all of their old IPs, right? Right. Everything that they're doing is just going to be a CGI version or an origin story now or a continuation, just like this one. It says right even on the poster that it's not a, a reboot. It's a comeback. It's a comeback. Don't call it a comeback, right? Well, it, it's interesting how they did this just because uh, this was done way different than everything else i i i really that's and that's what caught me where it wasn't the usual because probably a good question was is that disney say okay well, let's do a reboot oh, let's do it with uh chip and dale it's like, well how I, and that's a good part you know that's a good place to start it's like how would you reboot this and hmm. they did a pretty good job with this where they picked off it was kind of an origin story, right? But it's that they are actors, and they and they did a TV show in the '80s or in the yeah the '80s and '90s called Chip and Dale Rescue, Rescue Rangers. And now that they're just older, they're they're doing like a Hollywood story now, rather than it being a cartoon. Right, like a true Hollywood story, like behind the music, if you will. Well, everyone compares it to Roger Rabbit. Yeah, yeah, of course he would. That's why they put Roger Rabbit in the movie. Well, they put a lot more. Yeah, but they a lot more than Roger Rabbit in the movie. But yeah, I, I would compare it not just because it's the co the coexistence. Like in this world, you have animation living with real, just cohesively. Right. Same in not too many movies can pull that off. What's that one with Melissa McCarthy where it was the Muppets? Oh, uh, that one. We reviewed that one. That's Happy Time Murders. Yeah, Happy Time Murders. That's an old one. You're bringing that. You're bringing up old school reviews, there, buddy. That's not too old school. It was like three years ago, big guy. How many times? How many movies can you think of though where that happens, where the real person just happens to live with the fantasy? Bright. We it's reviewed not, Bright. Not... It's oh. fantasy creatures. Oh, Bright's another one. Yeah, that's a good one. Bright, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Happy Time Murders, this one, uh, the Space Jam, Space Jam 2. Ooh, okay, Space Jams. Right. Uh, 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 the, the, the Young Indiana Jones thing. What? I, I'm, I, I'm not even going to explain it. It'll take me half an hour to explain it. Yeah, uh, we don't need to go there, but we don't it, need to go there. So it's limited, and it's and when it comes out, uh, I think that people are interested 
in seeing it and and or at least giving it the chance. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, like we gave Happy Time Murders a chance. We destroyed that movie. We gave it no bags. Um, that movie tried. It 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 really did. But I, I I maybe at a different age, maybe it came out too late. I don't know. Well, what they need to do is they need to stay in this genre, right? I mean, they need to stay uh, where you don't need to explain. I think that was kind of like Bright's downfall, right? Is that you're going to have this this uh, real-world issues and political issues going involved into it. You don't do that. Not with these kind of movies. This movies, you don't need to explain a backstory. You don't need to explain anything. Cartoons and people exist. Let's move on. That's probably a better said because those other ones, yeah, it's – those are they are still having real world issues, even though they are fantasy cartoons. Where this movie is different because it's it's not a real issue; it's a cartoon issue. Mm-hmm. If if, yeah. if that makes sense, yeah. So right. it's the it's tough to to relate to that. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not in. You know, I have no threat of being bootlegged myself, but uh, the cartoons in this world do. So there's that suspended uh, element there. Um, that's like one degree away. It's still, it's still fun. It's still an element of fantasy, of movie, rather than those other ones where it's just like, oh no, no, there is a person, a muppet going around killing people. It's like, well, geez, I like people. Like, like that's kind of right. Well, for this one, we get we get Chip and Dale as little kids. They become friends in school. They they're comedic gold, right? And then they go to Hollywood and they have their show, and it's a popular show. Everybody loves them. And then I think it's Chip, right? No, Dale. Dale kind of wants to branch off as doing those things because Dale is tired of being the funny guy, right? Second banana. Right, he's tired of being that. So he wants to do Double O Dale, which I wish was a real thing. It wasn't. Oh, I, I think that this. I hope rather that this is going to be popular enough to where it would <laughs> create a demand. I didn't know that I wanted to see an ugly Sonic show yeah. until after this. No, yeah, absolutely. Because because then what happens? We jump forward in time, and uh, uh, it's been uh, land t- after this. Yeah, yeah. it's been land, and and shenanigans ensue. But there is a fear going on in this world because. Cartoons are being bootlegged, and what we mean by that is that t- cartoons are being kidnapped. We don't know how yet, or why, or who, and they get transformed into looking something a little bit different, so they can sell bootleg <laughs> copies overseas <laughs> by Sweet Pete. Sweet Pete, yes, is correct. Sweet yeah. Pete by Sweet Pete. Don't know who Sweet Pete is. And then Chip and Dale have to come together because their best friend, uh, Montgomery, is that right? Uh, Monterey Jack. Monterey Jack gets kidnapped. And same, they same fear, as the cheese. Same as the cheese. And uh, gets kidnapped, and they try to come together to, to figure out who it is, uh, who is actually involved, and so on and so forth. But you... You talk about Ugly Sonic. That's right there what got me. So can I... Because I know you don't mind, but for the audience here listening, can I can I tell you why I even watched this movie and why we're even talking about it? Truthfully, is it, be- is it because of, because of that? Yeah, because because what happened was, uh, even though that our good friend Ed is not a part of the show anymore, he's still our good buddy. We still talk to him. We're in a group chat, and he has kids now himself, and he 
texts you and me in a group chat randomly and says, you guys got to check out Chippendale. And I, I didn't even, I didn't even respond. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Why would I do this? Right? I can't stand half of my daughter's shows. Why would I do this? And then I guess you, for some reason, wanted to watch it yourself. His, and, and, yeah, his text kind of confirmed it for me. I was <clears throat> already uh, seeing some online buzz about it where people were just like, hey, this is act- this is not what you think it is. And I, I still kind of rolled my eyes. So it's just like, yeah, yeah, still. But, you know, I, I don't – it's just like another reboot. And I, I don't think I have time for it. It's a, I don't know. Is it a series? Is it a movie? But I don't want to know. Having it being a movie is better. Right. Uh, than a, a, a series, I think. Heavy being an hour and a half, or a little bit over hour thirty-seven, is even better too. Right. Like, oh, that's that's great. Um, and then, yeah, it's it's one of those where every uh, part where I look into it, be like, oh, well, that's good. Oh, okay, okay. I guess I'm buying into it a bit more. And then eventually, I just turned it on, and yeah, it was pretty. Uh, and captive air, you know, what do we, what do we try? It was a, it draw, it drew me in. That's what I was trying to say. Uh, pretty quickly, just out of nostalgia vibes and just out of the pop culture vibe, I guess, out of the whole look. It looked great. Uh, I liked the ridiculousness of, of it without going too far. It doesn't take itself seriously. The story is simple. And just like you said, like, uh, they do simple things when we find out that, like, the cartoons are being kidnapped to, to get bootlegged. Yeah. They, the way they do it is simple because we are already we're highlighting the uh, the torn friendship between Chip and Dale at this point. Like they they had some fallout. They're living their their has been lives. One's doing the circuit where he's signing autographs at conventions with Ugly Sonic. The other one's listening to death metal as an insurance salesman. Yes, I, I love the – so, yeah, it's because then that's when I got involved because you then got onto the chat and you said, no, this is pretty good. So I was like to my five-year-old, Riley, I said, do you want to watch Chippendale? And she already knew about it. I don't know how. She's like, yeah. So I sit and watch it, and the first thing that caught my attention was the death metal music. I'm not a death metal fan, really, but I know of music. And – and the beginning happens, and it's like the two little chipmunks meet. It's like, oh, they're cute. And my five-year-old's like, oh, they're so cute. I want a chipmunk. And I'm like, oh, God, why are these – am I being punked? Are these guys doing this to torture me, right? And then as it kind of progressed and progressed slowly, I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. I'm like half watching, you know, like one eye on the phone, one yeah. eye on the screen. And then when Chip is walking to his house – and he's like so sweet and so nice to the to to the neighbor, Mrs. House or whatever. And he has those uh, AirPods on, and he goes inside this house. This very very Mister Rogers kind of style. And as soon as he takes off his earbuds, you hear "Lamb of God" lay to rest, <laughs> where half the song is them saying the f word. I'm just like, what? Oh, okay. Like they want to put that. Okay, that's interesting. And then what really caught my attention, I'm rambling, is um, when they go to the circuit and they're going like the Comic-Con and all of a sudden there's Ugly Sonic and I <laughs> lost it. I'm like, this is why this is why I'm watching it. Like, that is straight up what he looked like in those trailers, the Sonic trailers. The way that like, they focus on his teeth, the way that people yeah. can't 
are distracted by it. it it's it's great. Uh, oh, it's amazing. Well, and then uh, I like the way that they reference the how Dale got a CG upgrade. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was really funny too. But I was like, oh, it's it's like it's like a cartoon's version of plastic surgery. Yeah, so that right. there's this world of people who are still animated and and those who are like CG upgraded. Blue got a CG upgrade. Yeah, and I just I'm I'm sorry, Eric. I'm 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 still on the on the on the on the ugly Sonic. Please, everybody, if if you just want to see the ugly Sonic, just YouTube that clip. That's amazing. Yeah, it really was. He, voiced by uh, Tim Robinson. Tim uh, Robinson did that, huh? Yeah, uh, who. I think it was good too. He's got a, a very uh, kind of over uh, exaggerated voice for that. Oh come I, on, you know that type of thing. Okay, so big question, right? I don't want to get into business here, but I kind of do for a second. I want to know two questions: A, how in the heck did Disney get away with all of this? Meaning all of these properties and characters. And the second part of the question is. Does Disney secretly own all this stuff? Uh, I'm sure Disney owns a, a lot of it. I'm sure Disney probably would want them to keep it in the Disneyverse, right? To keep everything in uh, their references to be that. I think I read somewhere that they were trying to do, the creators said no, they would only do it if they could get a collective library of they want to celebrate all of animation. I think that's what they said. I'm trying to pull up the the. Well, while you're pulling up, that, I don't understand. Have here. I don't understand how they can even put Sonic in it because one, they're making fun of the original creators. Does I mean like of of the Sonic movie? They're 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 making fun of them, and it's Sega. So the, Disney has nothing to do with Sega. So that's why I'm trying to figure out, like, I mean, they have other stuff. Like, there's, you know, there's difference. There's a difference in rights. There's a difference of like video game right versus uh, a video right versus a comic right. There's, there's weird distribution. All right. Well, I was just like, just like you know, the common one is being there's a difference between Spider-Man in Sony's verse versus uh, the comics. Like they own his likeness in the movies, not in the comics. Well regardless, I just wanted to ask you those questions because I'm actually happy because I feel like when I was watching this movie, when the ugly Sonic scene came up, I was like, Oh my God, this is new territory for years, decades. It's always been fighting with rights and Friday the 13th is currently going through that again in court who owns the right to Friday the 13th and Jason Voorhees and the franchise is suffering because of that so it's nice to see that everybody kind of put their egos aside and just came together to make this funny movie they have a lot of stuff in there they had a, what a cross street from chips booth they had taiga tigers tigers she was like an 80s oh tigra uh, Tigra is it the Tigra or, or is it from uh, no? Is that from He Man or something oh like that? from He Man? Yeah, you know what I'm I I saw that and I keep on in like going to Chitara all the time. Right, right, because they also had He Man and uh, Skeletor too. Yeah, which was fantastic. I laughed. Oh, it was and, awesome. Yeah, um, but I was not really a He Man guy. I was more of a, a Thundercats. I was neither, but I just it was fun to see that going on. Um, and also I found it kind of funny, um, when, uh, when, uh, Chip goes, no, I'm sorry. That was, that was Dale. But when, but when Chip goes home, takes off the headphones, Lamb of God plays, he, he, 
he asked for his dog. He has a average sized dog like to us. It's yeah. like a monster to him. Found that hilarious. I love this whole setup. It was cool. Um, but then he gets a phone call from what'd you say is Montgomery Jack? Yeah, uh, Monterey Jack. It's like Monterey Jack. cheese, man. I want to talk about the cheese. So he goes to Jack's place, and clearly cheese is a metaphor for drugs. <laughs> they use a lot of metaphors in this movie, which is, I, again, uh, for the adults who are watching it, and I think they clearly know that. There's so many which are fantastic. Oh, yeah. I mean, my daughter sees it differently than me. She goes, why does he like stinky cheese, Dad? And I'm just like, he's he he's a mouse, I think, right? Mice like cheese. And and then I'm sitting there going, stinkier the better. <laughs> well, like, the, <laughs> the bigger part of that is because it still is true to the character. Right. Which, well, is, which is funny because they just double down on the character. Clearly drugs. I just absolutely love it. Um you know, and, 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 and he eventually gets kidnapped, but then another little bit that I found absolutely funny is that, is that we get our human character that we're going to follow. Don't remember her name, but she is a, she's, a, she's a detective with the force. Uh, do you remember her name, the, uh, the, uh, the detective? Uh, Ellie? Ely? Ellie? Yeah, Ellie. It, Ellie. Uh, what I found really funny, again, it's the little tiny things that don't, that that you don't think about that I really appreciated. And one of it is uh, Jack goes missing. Chip and Dale are there talking to Chief Plato or whatever. Uh, Plato, <laughs> Chief, not Chief Putty or Chief Putty. Chief Putty. Thank you, Captain Chief Putty. Putty. Yeah, Captain Putty. Loved Captain Putty. And then all of a sudden, a giant comes at the outside window, and everybody flips out. Because you are not in an average size hotel, you're in a cartoon size hotel, and she is the the detective human is towering over this hotel, <laughs> yeah. and it's 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 absolutely funny to me. So that little bit, I don't know if I'm explaining it right. Uh, I, I know what you you mean though, where the shot is taken to where it's it feels everything of scale, right? And then you get the reality check from from the detective that it's she's a, a human. And she's just watching, like, hey, cartoons. Hey, everybody. Uh, yeah, everything going okay in there? Chief Putty is absolutely hilarious. Yeah, why did they just do, why did they just do plate, uh, Gumby? Why did they just do that? Because it's clearly, I mean, they even made that reference. Like, they call him, like, a Gumby wannabe. Chief Gumby, yeah. I think because, one, they didn't want to make Gumby a bad guy, although they kind of, uh, that was obviously a, a respect to him, though, right? Right, like, right. They, which they do a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of, I guess, nods to uh, styles and this, that. Oh, man, the the Uncanny Valley was even better. Uh, I'm looking up uh, for the IP part. I guess they said that it was all just the lawyers. Like, they, they got some of the rights to a lot of these. They did not get the rights to a lot of them that they went for. Uh, but, yeah, everything that you see was just um, a, a good effort from, from the legal team, it says. It wasn't a cash grab of any sort. He says it was just uh, a love letter to animation, a celebration of animation. Which is the only way to sell it. I mean, like, clearly you're not making this movie to profit over these characters. You're making this movie because this people like us are talking about it. Because it works. Because it's, it's the bit. And that's what I think people want. If people can smell desperation. You know, right. they, they can really point it out. And when you have 
you know, a group of uh, or a company that's trying to appeal to a demographic that computers and stats told them would versus mm -hmm. somebody doing it because they think it's funny. I think it's obvious. Right. No, yeah. I mean, I mean, people are people are so aware now and people know when they're being, uh, well, like I said, punked. I mean, they're the. They have the smarts now. Yes, in the Uncanny Valley, it's on. So they, Chip and Dale get together with Ellie, the human detective, and they're going to figure out what's going on, and they first discover that there's this guy named Sweet Pete. I did not put two and two together who Sweet Pete was going to be. Uh, who would? Uh, but see, now this is where I call BS on your statement, though, because you said that they didn't have... Uh, Chief Putty be Gumby because they didn't want Gumby to be a bad guy. But when we find out later who Sweet Pete is, they make him a bad guy. It's like that doesn't make any sense. Well, he's owned by Disney. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So um, that's that's what I'm trying to say. Hold on, I'm looking up who owns Gumby Fox Entertainment. Well, which I guess is, Disney which is, owns Fox now, right? Yeah, Disney owns Fox, so Disney owns Gumby. Well, they own 20th Century Fox. This is Fox Entertainment. Is there a difference? Yes. Okay. Fox is Fox, right? I mean, so Disney. Okay. Oh, uh, there are many different versions. There's there's 20th Century Fox, Fox Animation Studios, Fox First Run, Fox, Fox Entertainment, News. Fox News. Yeah, like it's it's all. Well, they don't. Okay. See, I thought Fox was just one big thing. Man, you gotta you know create different heads of the Hydra, man, so that you know if one gets burned, you can just cut it off and be like, nope, that that was different. Okay, fair enough. Um, so they're going to so they've been so Chip and Dale have been finding out that there's this there's a sweet Pete, and and these people are getting bootlegged now. Before we get to Uncanny Valley and everything, uh, the only thing that I kind of was like, well, that seems fifteen years too late. The whole bootleg thing. Now, either I'm naive and I don't pay attention, but is that an issue right now? Because what he said was that is that is that they 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 film these bootleg versions like it's not Transformers it's trans whatever MERS and we're going to release that in Iraq. I yeah. mean, like, is that a thing? Is this actually a thing? Yeah, it, it's not like a. <laughs> yes, it, it's it's not to the extent of like where where they are at. At least I at least I think none of those we'd hear more about it. But yeah, there's definitely, and it's always been that way. Uh, production companies, like foreign production companies, um, making the same thing, but at, at a lesser, in a very legal-friendly way. Uh, yeah, that's how they get around around a lot of it. That's how parody would do. I mean, they would do it for the same thing with porn as well too. Uh, but Disney does the same thing. Like Disney, all their movies are already existing stories that they are just taking and putting into likeness, and so they're. You know, it's other companies. That's their argument: is that they're just doing the same thing that Disney's doing. They're taking an already already existing story and turning it into something else. So then it would so like so like instead of Sonic, it would be really fast blue squirrel. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, I guess you want to say it like that. I don't think it's it's like that. That you know, I think it's probably like the same names even. Not that I saw. I mean, like. Some of this, I, I can't remember all the bootleg ones, but there was one where it was like, it was like Beauty and it wasn't the Beast. It was called something. 
Speaking of Beauty of the Beast, what's his face? The the candle dude was in the beginning too. Lemire, yeah. Yeah, I love that he was in that. So we uh, so we finally uh, get to this to this area, this nice like utopia area, and one of the characters, Chipper Dale, is like, "Oh, this area is so nice." And the other one's like, "No, this is like where the hardcore stuff." And they go to get this this guy, uh, the the chef guy, kind of remind me of the chef from uh, Muppets in a way, kind of remind me of that. And uh, da, 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 da. and. Uh, they wanted they they uh, they want some cheese. They want to talk to, to to Sweet Pete. So then they take him to the Uncanny Valley, which really is funny because they're like it's a strip of area where they say that you know like that weird animation in the early two thousands where nothing made sense. Oh god, yeah, the horrible computer. Right, and I thought that they were now again. I thought they were making fun of, and I don't know why I thought of this. I thought they were making fun of uh, Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. That's what I thought they were making fun of. Because I don't really know what they're talking about. Oh, geez. Uh, movies like that, with that animation? Uh, first thing that came to mind, um, Beowulf. Oh, yeah, with Angelina Jolie. Yeah, okay. So it's like this... Yeah, because they have one guy just like walking in place. Yeah. Right? And then Seth Rogen comes in as a... As a Viking? Yeah. And he's, Bob and he's the warrior Viking. Right. And then, like, he's clearly looking right. And because his eyesight's all weird because of the weird animation. And they get to go see Sweet Pete, who Sweet Pete is fat, drunken, old Peter Pan. Peter Pan, yeah. He's upset because he had a great movie. And he was beloved, but then he grew up, and nobody wanted to cast him. <laughs> we have seen this before. This was the plot line of uh, Despicable Me 3. Isn't that fun? It's just the same exact plot. Oh. I mean, like one would say this is theft. Here, I, I looked up um, more about the uh, the bootlegging. Uh, and apparently, yeah, uh, Disney has been in an ongoing trademark for for a long time uh, against uh, a couple different brands. Uh, the term has been called mockbusters. That's hilarious. Instead of blockbusters, um, but they're in a, a, a lawsuit right now with a Phase Four film because they have a movie called Frozen Land. You can guess, I guess, what, what that one's about. Um, but there are a bunch of other ones, I guess. And I, there's a bunch of it that uh, um, that exist, uh, distributed by Golden Films or TriStar or TriMark Films. They have to use; they are able to use the same name because the stories themselves are based off of fairy tales that Disney does not have the rights to. Um, so to get past it, they would Disney would often put a Walt Disney classic or a Walt Disney picture presents a Beauty and the Beast or Walt Disney presents the Little Mermaid, um, Walt Disney's masterpiece Pinocchio. Whereas all these other ones would just call it Pinocchio, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast. So yeah, I guess there are there is a catalog. Huh. I did not of of that. movies that have wow these are these are a lot. Um, have you ever seen Despicable Me 3 since I brought that up? I haven't seen any of them. Well, I have because of the, because of the kid. And uh, the villain of Despicable Me is voiced by Trey Parker. <laughs> okay. And, and I, I just, just, just hear me out. I'm telling you this because I was like, oh my god, this is theft. Doesn't matter, this kind of movie. But the basic villain plot of Despicable Me 3 is childhood actor beloved everybody loves him kind of urkelish kind of grows up as a teenager starts to develop pimples 
And then nobody wants to cast him. Nobody likes him. Everybody shuns him. So then when he becomes an adult, he becomes a supervillain. Uh-huh. Same exact plot, right? What happened in um, The Incredibles? Uh, he was just a fanboy. Yeah, but he was a kid, right? I mean, but it's he, just... was, he was a kid, but... Uh, he was he was just a kid that that was a fan that was told he couldn't be a superhero, so he he got rich and smart somehow and developed all these things. I mean, it's fine. Like, I'm not upset. I'm just saying, like, it just when the when when Sweet Pete was like, I was I was young and everybody loved me, but now that I got pimples and and mustaches, it, it, yeah, and it's just like okay. I was, I'm still looking at these bootleg films, man. There, so there's <laughs> one that it keeps on going. It's amazing. There's one for Happy Feet. The bootleg is called Tappy Toes. See, that's amazing. He's just winging it, and he's got tap shoes on. It's a penguin with tap shoes on. <laughs> why? Also, okay. So another question: Why does why why does why does Sweet Pete have the Coca Cola Bear as his henchman? Why not? Right? That's that was the Coca Cola Bear, right? Yeah, I don't care what anybody says. That was the Coca Cola Bear. Well, that was probably from an uncanny valley because that Coca-Cola bear looks... <laughs> yeah, he looked... He and, looked but bad. that was, again, it's just a great nod to kind of the animation that was... Right. Well, that we all grew up on. So I've been kind of like going over this movie beat by beat and kind of going over the place as well. But I do want to give this movie some credit. And if it doesn't get nominated for the Oscars this upcoming year... For what I'm about to say, I, I, Eric, I always say every year I'm not going to watch the Oscars because I don't like what's going on. But if this doesn't get anything, I'm going to be kind of upset about it. This movie, the way it looks, is flawless. It's flawless. I mean, how, how technology has come around in the past 20 years from Roger Rabbit to this. Roger Rabbit, you can see the strings, if you know what I'm trying to say. No, I, with, I understand. But with this movie, it's flawless. It does seem for for this movie like that the animation for Chip and Dale at first, it's almost like I compare it to almost like a YouTube thing. Like it almost feels like two actors are wearing body suits. Yeah, and they're tracking. It it has to because I mean, for one character to be drawn not three D, right, just your standard cartoon, and then the other one to be CG'd. Pixar style, if you will. It's just like, and they're next to each other, and they look at each other, they communicate off of each other, they communicate with other, not other humans, but other cartoons flawlessly. This movie needs to win, like, best visual effects. Like, this movie is impressive. Yeah, they, this, they visually impression to detail in all of this. No, and I'm, I'm, I'm geeking out here, but it's just like, oh my god. Like I, I, but, I but up, you're doing it because again, we didn't expect this. Like I, this is the movie that nobody asked for. Like right, and so going in here with little to no expectation, and then seeing it like, oh geez, they actually took time. Yeah, they, they put they put the thought into it, and for for a lot of it, and, and uh, it takes a lot to put in a deep joke like like that to have so many layers of reference to be right. used over and over again. Right. I mean, like, I just remember one other little thing about um, animation and technology. I remember there was a documentary on uh, Disney Plus now, and I watched it recently, about the making of uh, Monsters, Inc. And I'm probably going to misquote it, so don't quote me on it. But they were talking about rendering and, you know, rendering the file and everything, the video file. 
and how it took hours, like days, to render Sully's hair for the John Goodman character. Days, hours. Like, and it's like, you go from that, which wasn't really that long ago, to having this movie look as flawless as this. Oh my god. So yeah, check it just for that. If you are if you are a, a, a special effects hound like me, watch it for that. So um, we get so we also find out that uh, that Peter Pan here has the death machine. I don't know why. So what they do is like they kidnap these tunes. They I'm assuming they knock them out, and they he, strap. He, he erases their mouth. He erases their mouth. That was absolutely hilarious. You couldn't do that with a CG character, right? You could only do it with a cartoon character. You know, they didn't. That's a good question to ask. I don't think he could do it. So he raises their mouth. I'm assuming they knock him out because Chip and Dale get stuck in the machine, and it's straight up from like the first Resident Evil, like laser grids and all these things, and they're dodging everything. And then uh, what? Uh, Chip gets a goofy ear. Uh, Snoopy. Snoopy ear. Snoopy ear. I mean, like that machine looked painful. Oh, um, respect to to that, by the way, too, because. There's a moment because he he walks around you know a good chunk of the movie with a, the Snoopy ear, right? There's one part where they are oh, I think it was the big bad at the end, um, where they're running and chasing from the uh, being chased from the big bad, where before it all happens, he was was it Dale that was or Chip was like aiding Dale or something like that, but the ear. Uh, the Snoopy ear freaked out and pointed towards like it, it was an alarm system, just like right. Snoopy. And I was like, that was a, a great detail to to add to that. It was fantastic. Just a little thing of the ear animation. Just a little thing of that. It makes you just it's little things because that you that's appreciate. Snoopy's that. ear, like that's that's totally you know that's what of he would his do. character. And it's a weird thing to to identify that just one movement of an ear is is so characteristic of one one person. I don't. Right? Oh God! I mean, what else? I mean, like, uh, uh, we also are uh, trying to get uh, the twist of maybe one of the human detectives, me, either me, either, either Chief Putty or Ellie, maybe is working with Peter Pan. We don't know who yet. So Chip and Dale can't trust everybody. Of course, in any kind of movie like this, the story's not what matters, right? Because they hit the beats. You get the friends who get together. They get the friends who who have success. And then they have to overcome something, and then they don't become friends anymore, and then something happens where they become friends again at the end, right? Very standard. So that's exactly what happens in this movie, right? Like, they become friends anymore for a little while, right, and all that. Um, well, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then they're trying to tell us that, hey, I think Ellie is the one who is uh, the traitor because – it was Chip the whodunit part, yeah, of yeah. like who's the bad guy, who's the inside part. You don't want to be too obvious and think it's this person, but right, yeah, they they take you down that it might be Ellie because um, she lived in like this area, she, of like Pittsburgh. New York or something like that, where it didn't air. Which, by the way, the internet sleuths proved that wrong. Of course, they did. It's a movie. Stop. But, okay. Well, yeah, who cares? Uh, but she also said that what her grandmother would tape the episodes and so she rewatched them. Right. Yeah. And then also too, the camera had it to like do like that da 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 kind of sound. Yeah. Where she, and she goes, "Oh, my grandma taped them." Da da da. It didn't never, literally do that. But. She never told me her favorite episode. Oh, that's the other thing when they would reference the episodes was yeah, the, was good. Oh yeah, those are real episodes. I'm assuming. Yeah. Right. So it kind of tells you, hey, go watch these episodes. 
thoroughly enjoy it. And then we get to the big, big uh, end reveal that it is not Ellie that is the traitor. It is Chief Putty, very obvious. And I'm going to say something that I don't know. I really hope you agree with me on. I was kind of nervous to ask you this one. We get, of course, you know, like the big bad fights, you know, like uh, Chip and Dale fight their people and Ellie has to fight Chief Putty. The Chief Putty fight with Ellie is probably my favorite. Oh, all the Terminator that, references there? It, it was not only just the Terminator references, it was edited very, very good. That actress made me believe that she was fighting a giant piece of putty. Yeah, she did a I good mean, job. she did a good job. It was real. I mean, that has to be hard to do as an actor, right? Oh, to pantomime? Yeah, for absolutely. To do all that stuff? Because I saw the making of uh, Invisible Man, and they talk about that scene where uh, Elizabeth Moss is getting beat up in the kitchen. Well, oh, the yeah. guy's there. The guy is there in real life. He just has that green suit on, right? So she has something to work with. So I'm kind of curious how they did that with this. But all the Terminator reference was great, sliding under the door, you know, freezing of the putty. But him keep on body morphing and everything was really cool. Yeah. Really, really cool. Uh, th that was uh, – I didn't like her, her closing line at the end, which was, you know, could have been more of a – What was her closing line? Uh, I, I'll pull it up, but it was, you know, it, it could have been what? like uh, – uh, cool off or something it wasn't like, oh it wasn't like it wasn't hasta la vista baby or anything like that yeah it was she was something just like you know uh, i'll have to pull it up because i know it, it was it was it was it was a groaner it was kind of a, of a groaner i know I, I had it up here hold on but then i i closed it to get to get the um whatever the hell all right moving on well what why are you doing that we get the and i kept on thinking about this we get the super shredder moment right where where uh, where Peter Pan's machine uh, goes against him, and he transforms him into this giant cat robot uh, rocket slinging monster. A, a mix of uh, of all the uh, of animation. It had like a, a Woody from Toy Story leg. It had a Wreck-It Ralph arm. Right. Just I mean, Riley caught that one. She's like Wreck-It Ralph, Dad. And it was like totally a super shredder moment, even to the point where they end the fight on the dock. Yeah. Right. So uh, big fight ensues. Right. And the FBI is coming with Sonic because ugly Sonic is going to do a movie with the FBI or he's going to work with the FBI. I thought that was kind of funny. And they think they did a feat super shredder, if you will. Yeah. Super pan, super pan. And the super pan shoots uh, this grenade that has a face on it. And uh, and Dale jumps in front of it to save him uh, to to save his friend and oh my God he's dead and Riley says no he ain't dead is he dead I was like no he ain't dead how do you know because he's he's not trust me and then he wakes up and their medallion saved his life and oh, friends forever loved it yep great nice little and wrap it up right wrap it up uh, my little last thing is uh, I kept on comparing it to Super Shredder. So I went on YouTube and I saw that scene at the end of Turtles 2. Oh, and then, and then of course, I, I stumble upon this. God bless the internet. I did not know this at all. Kevin Nash, Diesel. Kevin Nash from the NWO himself played Super Shredder. Didn't know that. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I'm dead serious. I didn't know that either. 
I didn't know that either. And I'm like, that's Kevin Nash? Because they needed a big hulking guy. And there's a photo, you can Google it, of Kevin Nash in the Super Shredder. I mean, clearly the photo was from 1990. I mean, you can tell. It wasn't, you know. And I'm just like, oh my God, Kevin Nash played Super Shredder. Just like the one time he played uh, the Russian and the Punisher. Didn't even know that was Kevin Nash. Wow. So, good for him. Greatest actor Sometimes ever. You just need a, a big a big body. He was in Magic Mike, wasn't he? Yeah, no, he was in Magic Mike. I'm not allowed to watch that movie, Gina says. Oh, okay. Why not? Jason, Too much. Uh, she's, I don't know. I was like, I, I, have, I, have, I haven't seen the both of them. And Gina was like, no, nope, you're not watching that. That is for me and my girls, not for you. Okay. She doesn't want you breaking, <laughs> giving your your movie guys review on it. I don't think she wants me to ruin it for her. I think it's just all eye kind, uh, all eye candy for her. And I don't think she wants me to grunt and groan like, <sighs> you know. I think she and there's, I mean, she wanted to go see it in theaters with her girlfriends. I'm sure they had a cackling good time. But this movie was a cackling good time. Eric, let's get her popcorn ratings. What do you want to give Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers? Oh, dude, this is a large bag. Like, we have not even gotten it. Okay, so like Randy Marsh was a cameo in here. Um, that that Batman versus E.T. movie. I yeah. watched that. Was fantastic. <laughs> E.T. Forgive. Uh, was was fantastic. Like the cameos in this were were made the movie all already. Oh, geez, and I just loved all the uh, the bootlegs that that that. Uh, the Pooge, the fat honey bear. I loved that one. I oh my that. god! All the rev- yeah. uh, uh, Paul Rudd is a darling, of course. Oh, yeah, uh, Aunt Man. Yeah, Aunt Man. <laughs> loved that one. I, I, I mean, yeah, this movie just knocked out of the park. Um, I hope they do a Darkwing Duck movie. Like, did you say for the end credits? Uh, no, but I should have. There, there's. Let me guess. They're gonna. They were teasing Darkwing Duck. Uh, he just is not much. It's a little bit of him just going, oh, it's, you know, Darkwing Duck. His usual thing, but... Um, gotcha. So, yeah, you don't need to see it, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, everything about it was, was great. It was self-aware. It made the references. It didn't take itself seriously. It was still able to joke around at everything. It was a cartoon movie first. It just happens that adults were in it. Um, again, it, it works for some movies when they do that when it's like it's still a cartoon issue but when it's like an adult issue and they get something or when the, when the cartoons are just like oh we need your help humans you know and like right. Space Jam or Looney Tunes back in the action it doesn't work it's like no you're capable you can do this you guys are the star I don't want you to be asking for help from from this you know um, clumsy uh, human character when you were just going to do it yourselves the entire time right so that's why we have the Rescue Rangers, because they can do it the entire time, and they do. And I, listen, this was just, um, I didn't know I wanted this. No, and, yes. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. So, I mean, large bag for you. Uh, Eric, I can't believe I'm saying this. Um, large bag. Because um, it, it works in simplicity, Jordan, right? Right. Like, again, kind of to rehash what I've said. Ed and us are still friends. We're in a group chat, and Ed out of nowhere says, check this movie out. I thought he was joshing. I thought he was goofing. New boot goofing. I was like, what are you talking about? And then you chime on and go, yeah, no, this is actually good. And I'm like, okay. I got two friends. They have to be in cahoots with Speaking each other. Of, did you hear the, the goofy yell in the, somewhere in this movie? Yeah, of course yeah. the goofy yell. 
I mean, like, so I, I was not into this at all. I mean, I could not. This movie was not on the schedule for us for a long time, right? I, 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 I didn't care. Wasn't on the radar. Wasn't not on the radar. And and you two were like, you've got to see this. I, I watched it, like I said, the first two minutes, one eye on the phone, one eye on the screen, and then it got me. And and this movie, I think, is a perfect age for people that are our age. I don't think anybody probably 50s or older will get or appreciate it. Maybe not. I don't think anybody really in their teenage years will really get it. I think this is like a 25, maybe 35-year-old kind of demographic here. Maybe maybe a 40 demographic yeah, at most. References are there, but maybe just more for us. Yeah, more for us. This is our age group. This was really funny. I can't believe I'm telling you that I'm giving Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers a large bag. Just as surprised as you are. Right. And because you and I both give this a large bag, this is going to be nominated for Film of the Year for a Movie Guys Award. <laughs> All right. I'm rooting I for mean, you. I, I can't believe that. I, I, I mean, looking at online, though, and you can see this in everyone's review, nobody expected this. No. Like, everyone nobody was just like, holy shit. Like, I didn't. And even the people who are trying to, like, dog on it, they, they always are just like, yeah, but. Here's the parts that I liked, and everyone liked the, the the references, which was the movie. I love that it made fun of itself by making fun of Alvin and the Chipmunks in the beginning. He oh, was yeah. like, like the they, they were, yeah. They were so irritated, and then one of them even says, "Chipper Dale's like, uh, you know, your career goes down the tubes when you start rapping." And it's yeah. just like, yeah, it's true because you got the Squeakquel, you got Chip wrecked, like just horrible movies. And uh, I found that very funny how they go after the chipmunks. Yeah, I cannot believe it. And now we kind of have a thing here with movie guys. Eric, you know this, that if you and I agree on a movie is a large bag, evidently we think it's good, so it's going to be in film of the year category. I just This is going to be going against like Power of the Dog. Like, are you serious? I mean, listen, like, there were underground, is it that good? there's underground fighting in this movie. There's obviously human trafficking. Um, I think one of, the, one of the chipmunks did a strip dance in this. One of the strip. You also got uh, clearly drug references with the stinky cheese. Yeah, I just, just, oh my god, I can't believe it. If you haven't seen this movie, if Eric and I have not hyped this movie up enough for you, if you have Disney Plus, if you have children, if you don't have children, watch this. And that's another thing that I want to say before we close out the show. I think that's a big success for this movie. I think, and maybe I'm totally wrong. I think if this movie was a theater exclusive, it would not be getting the hype that it's getting right now. Yeah. The fact that it was released on Disney Plus gives it more of that. I don't believe the theater. Because nobody that I can think of in my circle of people, hey, big guy, you want to go see the Chip and Dale movie in theaters? No. No. E right. Even, even if, you know, it's still a hard sell to, to, to get in there. Yeah. Right. So I think that would have been the detriment to the movie. And I think they were smart by putting it because it was not released in theaters at all, right? It was a Disney Plus exclusive film, right? I believe so. So very smart on their part because now you get people that are sitting at home on their couch, watching it at home, not having to leave the theater, knowing that nobody's going to. But now, mark my words, if there's going to be a sequel, going to be released in theaters. I'm pulling up all these references that we didn't. Butthead for Senate. Remember that one? I saw that on the on the on the uh, on the park on bench the park sign. Bench. Yeah, 
Uh, uh, the walk, the Walk of Fame had uh, Squidward, Samurai Jack, Yogi Bear, Chung Lee on the the stars on the Walk of Fame. Chung Lee. Yeah. Um, from Street Fighter. In the in the torture uh, room in the bottom, there was a, a vial of dip. For Roger Rabbit. Ah. Uh, okay. Uh, Paul Abdul and the Cat. If you remember them, they were doing the DJ. Yep. Yeah, the cat. I remember I the cat. Fucking, uh, the movie posters, Mister Doubtfire. Yeah, who was it? Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep, yes. Mr. Doubtfire. Um, Lego Miserable. Oh, Jesus. Instead of Le Miserable. That was, a, that was a good one, too. That was a good one. Oh, man, yeah. Was... There's a lot of fun stuff. I mean, we, we didn't clearly... There's Kingdom Hearts could... reference in here, too. They even had... Is there? Yeah, they even had some uh, Pokemon in there, too. It was great. Yeah, as you guys can see while you're listening to this show, we can't even... We're not even tickling all the stuff that they've did. I mean, this movie is nothing but a nostalgia trip. Mm. All of it. All of it. Um, the last time I can tell you that I had a good time talking to you guys about a movie that's like this, that doesn't have real people in it, but an animated movie. And we didn't all agree. I mean, I didn't give it a large bag, but the last time I can remember having a good time with this was Sausage Party, right? Yeah, because you could tell that everyone was just having fun with it, right? Right, but that... That was more that that was not a nostalgia trip. That was just a bunch of potheads getting together writing. Nah, that's just a writer's room fun session right there, I think, right? Right. Yeah. And oh, we even talk about such a disprop sausage party. Seth Rogan and all of his Disney characters that he did. Like, you know, like uh it was it was that one oh, shot yeah, where he's on right. top of and he and he's and he's doing that Seth Rogan laugh as the Viking and then <laughs> and then another character is like that blob character and, oh, yeah, and this from... other character. Yeah, from uh, Monsters Incorporated, is that what? Or, no, what was that? I, no, no, it was like something. It was like aliens and was, monsters, monsters and aliens, alien, something like that. Yeah, and then he's like all these other characters that he voiced, and he just did that Seth Rogen laugh. Yeah, that was. Great. And it's like, oh my god, that's just so that's just so hilarious. So I mean, again, here we go. We keep on going. We don't make it any longer. What it needs to. I'm sure after the show, we'll continue talking about the references. But however, though. If you like this episode, thank you so much. And please always check us out at movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. You can download many other episodes that we've reviewed. Also, you can go to uh, any social media platform we are on or wherever you get your podcast on, we are on. And I make fun of it, but it's one of our top ones. There's a thing called Samsung Podcast. You can only download it on your Samsung TV. So I guess people do that. Why they're cleaning the house, I'm assuming they listen to us. So all the fellows and ladies out there that are cleaning their house while listening to us thank you i guess Hell yeah. right yeah, i mean sure i'm sure Sam, samsung thanks i get but anyway thank you so much for listening thank you so much for downloading and subscribing uh well i guess eric thank you so much for joining me and we'll be back next week for another awesome episode have a good night <laughs>